0: a prison story. So after spending our Saturday evening shopping or partying or watching holiday TV and all of those funny and happy commercials, after listening to that awful Paul McCartney song for the hundredth time, you know the one I'm talking about, having a wonderful Christmas time. It was good the first two times I heard it, but the 2000th time, no. Well, we then come in here we sing hymns in minor keys and we read a prison story. John is imprisoned. His official charge, probably sedition, some kind of crime against the state for his preaching. And John is awaiting what surely is his imminent doom at the hands of Herod. I don't mean to spoil it, but John does lose his head in the end in a senseless execution. Today, we need to imagine John pacing about behind those prison bars. Our John, our wild man, not too used to being confined. Our wandering evangelist who walks up and down the rivers inviting people to be cleansed with baptism. This man who ate bugs and honey now put behind walls. Wondering, feeling great fear and apprehension if he baptized the Messiah. How would he ever find out now that he's behind bars that this Jesus, this Yeshua, is the one? Is Jesus just another long line of charlatans all claiming the title of Messiah and Savior? Has John gotten himself thrown into prison for nothing? Baptizing folks and yelling loudly that the Savior of the world is not Caesar or whatever worldly power is in office right now, but is a nobody. Is a man named Jesus from the backwoods, from a little dirty town called Nazareth, an itinerant preacher? Are all John's efforts preparing the way of the Lord for naught? Has he been in prison without being able to realize God's kingdom with the coming of this Christ, of this Messiah? Not a happy thought for John to be jailed. And see, today John reaches a breaking point behind bars. John had to know who this Jesus was. He had to know what exactly Jesus was going to do. Because John was not going to be around to either... Prove or disprove his claims for Messiahship. John was imprisoned and John was unable to see the Christ. December makes us feel anxious and tired. December makes us feel imprisoned and unable to see the Christ, doesn't it? We feel walled in by the barrage of sensory input. We feel trapped by all the, the commercialism that we're wallowing in, all the activity, all the overindulgence. We feel walled in by grief. Some of us among us have lost loved ones, or we've had relationships break up, or we face disease or hardship or great changes that we would rather not have faced in the last year. But it's December. So we are all walled in, trapped by the jolliness, by the funny commercials, by all this talk of joy and peace. But we too are pacing about on the inside, anxious and fearful. We too are held in prisons with walls made out of grief or sorrow or depression, and we cannot see the Christ. And if we're honest, in the middle of this imprisonment, we wonder to ourselves if this Jesus was who he really said he was. I can really relate to the jaded quality of John's question. Are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? One gets the idea that John had met a few messiahs who didn't quite pan out. But I love Jesus' response. It's not theological it's not even a particular good argument. He just tells John disciples, just tell John what you're seeing happen here. Tell John's, tell John, I'm doing the things that the prophets foretold. You know, I'm, but I'm not doing the, the acts of terrible recompense that we hear about in Isaiah. I don't have an army at my back coming to mete out violent justice and take over the world, instead of coming with a sword in my hand. I come with healing hands. I come with kindness. I come with compassion. I come with justice. I come with love. In our captivity then, we wonder what it looks like exactly when Jesus comes. And we need to look to what is restoring. We need to look to what is healing. We need to look to what is resurrecting and steadying for others. And most importantly, What is resurrecting and steadying for ourselves? In those moments of doubt, we find Jesus among us. Rest of it's just noise, isn't it? If Jesus was who he said he was, then he offers us compassion and healing and wholeness. You know, weekly in this very place, we are offered. A chance to do something that that in my old uh, Baptist upbringing, I would have called inviting Jesus into your heart. Back when I was a boy, you would do that by walking down to the front of the church and talking to a man in a shiny suit and saying a little prayer. And that's all well and good. But here, we're able to walk down here. We're able to share in the body and blood of Christ. We whether or not we're feeling it, whether or not we feel free, we are taking Christ within ourselves. and Christ is doing his work within us. And this is not just any Christ. No, this is not a, a Christ that, if we're thinking in terms of John's world, we would have been proud of. A Christ who's coming to lead a movement, to create an army. This Christ, this Jesus, is aligned with the lowest of the low. The most human of human beings. In Matthew, we get a litany of folks who, for all intents and purposes of their day, were considered outsiders. They weren't just people who were disabled or sick. They were considered people who were cursed. Our way out of the prison of what our culture calls the season. See, he comes in in God becoming human. God became one of us. God aligned God's self with us. God not only became human, but but became the most human of all human beings. And then Jesus reminds John today, and he reminds us, that God came not for the powerful, but for the weak. Not just for the joyous, but for the grief-stricken. Not for the free, but for the imprisoned. Jesus came here for all of us because God is a God. As a writer I like a lot, Rob Bell says so often, God is a God who believed in us. So during Advent, let's take all those places and all those times in which we feel trapped, which we feel like we cannot see the Christ, Let's, let's offer those times to God for the freedom only God offers. See, we have this impression, this, this horribly mistaken impression somehow, that in preparing Him room in our hearts, that we have to offer our best self to God, that we cannot offer our confined, anxious, sad selves to God, that we have to somehow make ourselves good enough for God, when the truth is there is nothing, absolutely nothing we can do to earn this salvation. Appropriately enough, it is a gift. So during the confinement that is December, we listen. We hope. We pray. We pour out our disappointments and our grief and our anxiety and our imprisonment to God and to one another. And we ask God, like John did, Is this Jesus, the one? In this question lies our salvation and our hope. But most of all, our freedom.